You're listening to episode nine of the Burnout to Boss podcast. Welcome to the Burnout to Boss podcast, where executive coach and yoga teacher Maria Loida teaches ambitious corporate women how to create massive success in their careers without sacrificing their families, personal lives, health, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to make more money, gain promotions and raises, build respect in the office, demand gravitas with senior clients and peers, and generate the biggest impact possible, all while enjoying the life you want and without overworking, it's time to rise from burnout to boss. The world is waiting for your leadership. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, executive coach and yoga teacher, Maria Loida. And I just want to thank you for being here and wherever you're listening or however you're listening to the podcast today, whether you are on a commute to or from work, maybe you're taking a walk and taking a break. I hope you are, or maybe making dinner or a meal. That's my favorite, personal favorite time to listen to podcasts is while I'm cooking. I hope that you're well. And my my biggest wish is that this podcast has opened up your mind and your heart to something that has shifted the way that you go to work every day and that it is helping you become and be a total badass in your work and in your career. Today, we're talking about having hard conversations at work with some heart and honestly, some humanness and also (laughs) without the ickiness, that icky feeling that a lot of times we get when we think about hard conversations, needing to or wanting to give someone critical feedback or bad news. And I'm going to give you the top three things to do in these conversations and also how you can kind of navigate before, during, and after them. And you know, if we're honest, like the reason these hard conversations are uncomfortable is because we do want to take care and treat others kindly. And sometimes the news we need to share or that we want to share feels mean. And so it becomes this conflict. So we're going to talk about all of that. Um, But before we get into it, I want to tell you about a gift that I'm giving away. If you've been following along, you know that I'm launching this podcast in tandem with the birth of my first child, a daughter, and this podcast kind of launched around her due date as a representation of creating impact at work and taking time off and playing other roles in our lives that we want to have. Not necessarily that it's be that role is is a mother, but maybe it's that of a, a friend or a a daughter that wants to take care of her parents that are ill or need her help. Maybe it's the role of a jet setter and and wanting time to yourself to see the world and and enjoy your life, okay? And knowing that we can have that, you can have that, and you can create impact at work, and you can have a full big career, and that those two things actually fuel each other. (laughs) That was a little bit of a tangent, but (laughs) point is, is this is meant, this podcast is meant to be a bit of a celebration. And with that, I'm giving away a gift and it's in exchange for reviewing and rating the podcast. The gift is a pair of AirPod Pros and a gift basket of goodies that will support your well-being in your career, kind of for your desk or your office. So leave a review, screenshot it. So when you do, screenshot it and then send me a DM on Instagram with the screenshot of the review. I'm at Maria Rose Loida. You can get the spelling 
spelling of my first and last name from the podcast. My middle name, Rose, is like the flower. So Maria Rose Loaded, no periods, no underscores. I cannot wait to hear from you on Instagram. Okay, so let's jump in to what we're talking about today. And today we're talking about how to have hard conversations with heart and doing that as a human being, first and foremost, speaking to another human being. So remembering that this is until we are, until we are, you know, working alongside robots, like fully, we are human beings speaking to other human beings. And we're going to talk about how to have these tough conversations, how to give critical feedback. I never really like calling anything good or bad, but giving kind of tough or difficult news to someone else without the horrible feeling that sometimes we get when we realize that this is something that we need or we want to do. So this could be you if you're a manager, director, VP, CEO, maybe you work in HR and you're working with a team of colleagues or clients. You can also use this if you need to have a conversation with a colleague or a peer who has a pattern of responding with defensiveness. If you want to create a new way of working together or if you are new to, you know, hard or high stakes conversation. So there's a lot of reasons or concepts are applicable to a lot of different situations. So just listen with whatever kind of tough conversation that might be coming up for you. Just listen with that in mind and see how you can apply it. Because I promise that you can. You don't have to be like the CEO or, you know, the HR person that has to fire people or something for this information, for this content to be super valuable for you. Some of the reasons you may need to have a hard conversation are to give critical feedback or put someone on a performance improvement plan or whatever you call it at your company. Um, You may need to release someone from a role or, you know, in plain terms, fire someone or shift expectations or responsibilities in a significant way, right? Or you, it might just be a conversation where you, you're thinking or expecting the other person to kind of be pissed off when you tell them whatever you have to tell them, okay? One quick caveat here about letting people go from jobs or, or needing to fire or terminate someone from a job, always, always check in with HR, human resources or whatever resource you have that is supporting you in that process. Um, and it might be if, if you're working in a startup or something like that, it might be a lawyer because there's often legal considerations and specific language that's recommended and needed for those conversations. This podcast episode will prep you for everything else and um, that might be in the room and or the conversation. So just know that there are some like legal implications that you should be aware of and that you should definitely like look into and consider. And that's what we're not going to be covering that in this episode. So let's start with a reminder. We go to work as whole humans, okay? Maybe that feels obvious, but what this means is that all of us bring our baggage to work, okay? Like we love to think that all of our personal, you know, BS and hardships and things that are bugging us and insecurities and yada, 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 stay at home. (laughs) We love to think that it just stay, like we can kind of put it in its little box as like it's a parrot or like a pet. We can like put it in its crate and then we can walk off to work and we're just, we turn into like work version of you. That's not actually the truth. We go to work, the, the baggage comes with us. All of our little like idiosyncrasies, our little triggers, our insecurities, et cetera, they, they come to work with us. And 
and even like little sensitivities based off of like what's going on in our lives are present with us at work. So just kind of accept that and know that and know that the person that you're having the hard conversation with or delivering this news to also has baggage. So they are going to have baggage and you also bring baggage into every conversation, every meeting that you go to at work, but specifically thinking about the room that you're going to be in, whether it's a Zoom room or an in-person room that you're having this hard conversation in. No one is really exempt from this. And I do want to say like when I say baggage, I mean less of like super heavy trauma, even though that might be true for you and more of like your thoughts and opinions about the way things should be. You know, like the lens at which you view life as a whole and your work or career. Okay. So just kind of know that that's at play at all times, especially when you're kind of going into what are, what are sometimes like kind of what feel like sticky situations. Okay. From here, let's jump into the three main things that you need to be armed with when you have hard conversations at work and things that I want you to really be aware about so that you can go into hard conversations, actually coming out of them in a way that the conversation is is productive, that what needs to be communicated is actually communicated. You do this in a way that what you're trying to tell the other person is actually heard. And you'll see what I mean a little bit more as we go through this. But sometimes when we deliver this kind of sticky news or critical feedback or tough news, we respond in a survival mode and our brains kind of shut down. And it means that everything that we are trying to communicate doesn't actually get communicated because we're too preoccupied with (laughs) our body and our nervous systems kind of freaking out. Okay. But really like the goal of any hard conversation is to communicate something. Um, And a lot of times the something that needs to get communicated is pretty important to um, improving things, maybe in a relationship between two people at work or improving things between a colleague and a client or improving the way things get done. So it is really important that what you need to communicate is actually heard. And so this this becomes now like a very, very important skill. Um, otherwise, it makes it difficult to kind of push past or to make known some of these things that might shift a lot in your work or in the office. Okay. So the number one thing that I want you to start thinking about when you think about hard conversations is this idea of, getting to the truth. Okay. So a lot of times we we know what we need to communicate. We're kind of like, this person isn't performing at like the way that that is expected or that needs to happen for this role. Or maybe, maybe you're having this conversation with a client and their expectations are off and it's creating a lot of conflict and you're going, you're just like working way past the scope that you already signed off on. And so your entire team is suffering. Okay. So I want you to consider when you're thinking about the hard conversation that's coming up for you right now, what will not telling the truth cost you? Because when we have these things that we were like, oh, I'm scared to communicate them, what happens is that we sugarcoat what we actually want to say. Or we say the thing and then we backtrack immediately from it. Meaning you say what you really want and then you're like, but it's like fine if we can, we can like maybe compromise whatever. So I want you to think about what would the real truth be? What would be the absolute truth? And what would happen if you didn't tell the whole truth? Like, what do you really need to change? And who like who gets impacted if this doesn't get communicated? Because there's a chance that it's not just you. <laughs> there's a chance that there's like teams or clients or, you know, profits potentially, um, opportunities to make money or opportunities to help people 
maybe you work in a nonprofit and like changing a process would actually increase your ability to help more people or raise more money, etc. Think about if you don't communicate this and kind of make the shift that you need to make, what would that cost you? Because that's kind of what's at stake when you don't get really, really clear about what you need to communicate. How will telling the truth in this conversation affect your team? How will not telling the truth affect your team? And then the other kind of side to this, so that's one piece of, of getting to the truth. The other side of this is what is the truth of the person receiving this feedback? And it's important to... Um, like say you're giving some really critical feedback to a teammate or a colleague or maybe someone that you manage. It's possible that, you know, you're not living their their experience. So it's possible that there's something else at play that you you haven't seen yet or that you don't have information about yet. So it's important to also allow space for what the other person brings to the table and be open to learning something in this conversation, right? The ultimate goal is to get to the core or the, what I again called like the truth of the issue of like where the problem kind of lies. If there's like a performance problem, leave space for finding out maybe why that person is struggling with X, Y, or Z so that you can and then help them solve the problem instead of just saying like, you need to fix this all on your own and I'm out. Always kind of getting to the bottom to the truth of the situation will support you. I recently kind of had this come up with one of my clients where one of her managers just wasn't performing as well as some of the others. And once she started kind of digging into the why and having conversations with this colleague of hers, with this um, person that she manages, she realized that he didn't really, he's never had a mentor. He's never he's never been taught how to manage other people. And this is someone who has three people or four people, maybe five underneath him. And so there's this big backlog of work and information because he doesn't have the skills to manage other people yet, which is something that she can teach him. But if she just kept believing that like he just doesn't know what he's doing and is trying to just be lazy, they would have not gotten nearly as far as her understanding that there's some skill gaps. And so that she can then help him solve for that. She can give him training. She can teach him herself. She can like guide him through a few rounds of things to help him learn how to utilize his team to the fullest, right? That's the, that's like kind of what happens when you get to the truth is you, you get to an even better solution rather than some like surface solution that might like seem comfortable and safe at the time, but actually doesn't like shift things in the direction that you need them to go. Shift things to becoming even more kind of efficient and, and, um, beneficial for you, for someone else and the whole team. Okay. So this first idea, stay committed to the truth. How can you be the most truthful and how can you get to the truest version of whatever problem you're trying to solve in this conversation? Okay. Next up, number two is this idea of non-attachment. We're going to talk about this idea of a little bit of understanding the ego. So imagine yourself in the shoes of the person receiving critical feedback or kind of this hard to hear news and go into the conversation expecting them to react in some kind of way. And some things to look out for, or the main thing to look out for are survival response reactions. And we're going to go through what those are. And when I say survival response reactions, I mean like fight, flight, or flee. And there's a a fourth one that I'm going to talk about today as well. So let's talk about fight first. If someone responds by getting really pissed or angry, or they start yelling or pushing back really strongly, they're responding in a survival response and 
you know, they're they're fighting back, okay? They might respond with flight. So that would maybe look like they immediately try to leave the room or wrap up the conversation and be like, okay, got it. I totally got it. I'm out. Like I have to go or make up some excuse that they have to leave, okay? Freeze. Oh, I said, <laughs> I said fight, flight, or flee. Sorry. Flight and flee are the same. The actual ones are fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. If someone is responding with a freeze survival response reaction, they'll get, they'll likely get really quiet. And maybe you'll even notice them kind of like tense and like actual kind of like freeze, or they'll, they'll try to speak and then stumble over their words because they're like kind of frozen in their mind is is frozen in how they could even respond. I often freeze <laughs> when I'm in survival response reaction. Okay. It's the same thing as like your head going blank in the middle of a presentation. And that can happen in a conversation like this when you present like intense news to someone or you're kind of, you know, you're dropping the bomb, the truth bomb about performance or something like that. Okay. And then the fourth one is fawn. You may or may not have heard of this one. It's a little bit new-ish. It's been, you know, more recently talked about in psychology um, circles as of late, and it, it's fairly new. And this looks like making jokes <laughs> or trying to kind of win you over or like kind of trying to overly change your position, or it might even feel like flirting or being like super nice all of a sudden and kind of overly complimenting you. Just look out for this idea of like, if someone responds with this level of like fawning, like overly fawning. And it's important to look out for these reactions because we often go into these conversations a little nervous and already feeling bad or hesitant about the news we want to share. And so someone else's survival response can often trigger our own. <laughs> that's why that's why it becomes like a, a bit of an issue because if someone else's survival response triggers our own, it becomes a lot more difficult to have a reasonable and productive conversation. It becomes a lot harder to commit to that first concept of speaking, like saying the truth of what we need to communicate and then getting to the bottom of what the actual problem is, right? When you've got like two people <laughs> in survival response mode, like both people are not thinking with their like the highest level that they could be thinking at in their in their mind or their brain like imagine you're speaking <laughs> with someone who has a fight reaction and they start yelling and then that triggers your fight response and you start yelling. And so then you both say things that you don't mean and the conversation creates more pain and even more difficulty creating open communication and truthfulness about like how you could solve the problem that's in front of you. So that's why that's important. So I want you to look out for that to happen. When you expect that what you're sharing may trigger the other person, you can prepare ahead of time your nervous system and stay grounded in the goal of the conversation. You can kind of remember that their response has nothing to do with you and all to do with just the, an automatic body and nervous system response. It's like the same as the automatic kind of um, reaction to have to sneeze. Like there, you have like something in your nose and then someone has to sneeze. That's like how I want you to start looking at it almost like that in, in this more like neutral way. Even if that person is like trying to blame you and say that whatever, you know, feedback you're giving them is actually your fault, right? As much as you can expect them to kind of react in some way so that you can just stay kind of grounded and calm 
in the face of that and continue having the conversation with compassion. Continue to ask questions, to continue to stay curious and open in service of getting to the bottom of the problem, the truth of the problem, and also not kind of sugarcoating what you really need to tell the person on the other side of the conversation. Number three, the, th- the third piece of hard conversations is this idea of nonviolence. It's a little bit more of like a yoga concept. Actually, all of these are. But the idea of nonviolence is this idea of kindness. And the reason I use the word nonviolence is because like a lot of times we think of nonviolence as like not killing someone or not killing an animal. But it also means not killing someone's spirit. Because when we're kind of telling the truth and when we're we're holding the space to be unattached from the other person's reaction, if that's misunderstood, it can it can come off as as maybe like disconnected or we feel if we think that the truth is actually kind of if we believe that it's painful and mean, it might come off as like mean. So I want you to think about how do you can you stay committed to the truth and stay unattached and also be kind? How can you be kind and truthful? How can you be kind and unattached? And how can you also be kind to yourself throughout the process? Maybe the conversation doesn't go as well as you wanted it to, but can you be can you still be kind to yourself even in that moment and acknowledge that you showed up to do something? difficult, that you're learning and building skills always and building your kind of resilience and capacity to do more and more in your life and in your work and that you're also learning and growing throughout the process. Okay. So those are the three things. I want to prompt you a little bit before we go on what things would you do if you kept these kind of three things in mind, truth, non-attachment, and kindness when you're prepping during and after the actual conversation. So when you're prepping for the conversation, when you're kind of rooted in, in getting to the truth, staying unattached, and then doing this with kindness, you probably will spend some time preparing for the conversation, right? You might write out the key things you want to convey in their most truthful form and not not unattached, right? So sometimes like the truth feels annoying and we're like, I wish that they, this person would like do more, whatever it is. Try to get try to get to the the factual part of of the feedback. For the sake of committing to the truth and for the sake of being unattached. Like even if you feel like it's annoying, how can you just like stay with the facts, right? And then as you're prepping, remembering to kind of take maybe 10 deep breaths and remember that you are not bad because maybe someone else believes that the feedback you're giving is bad just because the you know you or the other person views the feedback or the news that you have to share as bad or horrible it doesn't make you bad or horrible you are just playing a role and communicating okay during the conversation keep breathing you might tell the person that you're about to give them tough feedback. You might kind of prep them a little bit. Stay in the present notice. So try to notice but not get caught in your own thoughts and insecurities that will inevitably come up. It's okay if they come up. It's not you haven't done anything wrong. Just try to notice them instead of instead of letting yourself go down like the the rabbit hole of whether you're doing a good enough job and whether like you should back off, etc. You might consider holding your emotional response for the sake of the other person and then make sure to take some time after the conversation to relieve it. So if you feel anger coming up or you feel 
you know, almost shocked at how they are responding, right? When you, if you notice that you're having a survival response reaction, if you can hold the the space and stay in that kind of non or like unattached space, it's likely you're still going to feel a little bit shaken if the response of the other person shakes you. That's totally okay. Try to know and tell yourself that you will go like kind of shake it off and that you can do that with like a walk, punching some pillows, maybe you need to like scream it out, whatever you need to kind of do to like make sure you make sure though that you do relieve it soon after you have the conversations. You might this is getting a little bit into the after, but just know that you can make space for that after the conversation. Listen to the other person's truth right? So you can do what you can to help. And, you know, especially if you're getting kind of to the bottom of whatever the problem is, and then balance it with knowing that your job isn't to solve everyone's problem for them. So be really clear with yourself about what your role is in helping solve the problem and how much the other person needs to kind of like jump in or lean into making the change that needs to be made. And then if you're, again, if you're doing this with kindness, you might like thank them for their time and thank them for for showing up to the conversation. Okay. And then after, make sure you complete the stress cycle. This is kind of what I was talking about before. If you, if you notice that you're having a pretty emotional response or you can feel kind of a lot of like energy building in your body, go for a walk, jumping jacks, breathe, get out of the office, Uh, you know, and try to like avoid things like booze or drugs that tend to like just numb out the feeling that we might have after um, a conversation like this. What I would really recommend is to make sure you schedule time after this hard conversation to give yourself space to kind of like shake it off. Decide if a follow-up is appropriate and necessary and then, you know, kind of plan out when you're going to send it and like when you're going to write it. So you can do it and then move on. Try to avoid kind of ruminating and then it's always an effort to be kind to yourself. Consider journaling and writing down any learnings. Okay, let's review one more time kind of the three things to take with you into hard conversations before we go. So number one, truth, staying committed to like telling the truth, telling the whole truth of what needs to change, whatever the feedback is and committing to getting to the bottom of the truth. So how can you stay committed to telling the truth even if it stings? (laughs) How can you stay curious enough to get to the bottom of what's really going on? Number two, non-attachment. Remember to leave a lot of room for humanness. Prepare the other person to for them to be human with their reactions. Prepare, prepare yourself to be human with your reactions. All of this is 100% okay and normal. It also doesn't mean anything about the other person or you. Number three, kindness. Remember that if you believe the truth is bad or wrong, you might go into the conversation a little judgmental. Instead, stay kind. Remember that non-attachment doesn't mean disconnected stay kind. There's always room for compassion. Navigating like these kind of hard conversations is so essential to your ascension from burnout to boss because these conversations can be extremely emotionally draining and without the tools to understand and experience your emotion and someone else's emotion, it may completely drain you. It's also so important to be able to deliver any kind of information, especially when it's difficult, when it's like a difficult or sensitive. And being able to do that in kind of a calm and collected way where you're not destroying or abandoning yourself in order to do it, right? And learning how to do this in a really sustainable way. So go to my website at marialoida.com and 
sign up for my wait list to be the first to know about how you can be part of my next offer and completely master hard conversations. The world is kind of waiting and desperate for your heart-led leadership. These skills are so lacking in the corporate world and people are desperate to have managers who have these skills and people are just desperate to have the skills in order to like navigate these kinds of conversations and moments throughout work and being able to do so effectively can change an entire team's culture and change um, so much of the way that you feel about being a manager, the way that you feel about being a leader at work. And I'm here to support you and teach you how. Before we go, I want to remind you one more time about the gift that I'm giving away, a pair of AirPod Pros and a gift basket of well-being goodies that you can use in, you know, at your desk or your office and that will support you in making this ascension from burnout to boss. When you leave a review, make sure to screenshot it and then send me a DM on Instagram to let me know that you rated and reviewed the podcast. I'm at Maria Rose Loida. I can't wait to see you there. Thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I'll see you in episode 10.